Lady on Bell. <laughs> Callum Chambers. Paul Wheatley. Sean Peter Budge. I don't even get the joke. Just random. <laughs> Welcome to this episode six, season two of the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast. Back recording in the beautiful, salacious offices of. Uh, oh, what am I talking about? Salubrious offices, I should salubrious. say. Salubrious. Of uh, MGA Traffic. What is MGA Traffic's motto, Fab? Faster, higher, stronger. Faster, higher, stronger. Tra- traffic transport waste. It's not really a same m- difference. Motto. Fabian Guadagnolo is with us as always. Buona sera, ragazzi. Tim Davis is with us as always as well. Good afternoon, Sean. Can you hear me? This week we can hear you. Doesn't sound like you're recording from the adjacent office. <laughs> With the doors closed. With the doors closed. <laughs> it was weird. And then about two thirds of the way through, you, you fucking came back, came to life. I listened back and I was like, what is happening with Tim's mic? And I fast forward and I go, he's fine. What is happening? The human growth hormone it was kicked bizarre. in. <laughs> anyway, um, how was your weekend, Fab? You've asked me to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend was all right, yes. apart from Saturday night, but everything else was pretty good. Oh, well, Saturday night, no good. I spent it with you. That is true. We did watch... This is a man, by the way, who was maintained for 25-odd years that he doesn't like Jurassic Park. He sat and watched every frame of it. It was on. So the original one. Yeah. Yeah. And he said he wasn't enjoying it, but... I was picking out when you don't enjoy it. that have aged. When you don't enjoy it, you sort of tend to change the channel. Oh, you were into it. Kelly was into it. I wasn't into it. I've seen it 50 fucking times. It's a great movie, though. I wouldn't say great. I thoroughly enjoyed it then, and I thoroughly enjoy it now. You know what I did on the weekend? Watched Bohemian Rhapsody, finally. How'd you go? I am stunned. I am aghast that this has been nominated for Best Picture. Why? Wowzer. It's everything that's wrong with cinema at the moment. What, you just don't think there's enough of a story behind what it? What is the story in it? Like, what's the film a comedy? Have you seen it, Fab? No. What is the... You've seen it, Tim. Mm. So, like, what's the film about? Well, the film is about um, how a band formed from very basic beginnings, didn't try to cater to the masses, did their own thing, decided to do it their own way. Mm. Uh, and and I think centred within that was a, a very eccentric fella who did things his way as well and bugger the outcome along the way. Yeah, bugger, so to speak. <laughs> um, put the Kool-Aid down because, fuck, Jesus Christ. I don't I don't for one second begrudge, um, I'm just drawing a blank, or Roger Taylor and um, the guitarist. Yeah, don't know. Oh, Roger Taylor, I've just drawn a massive blank on his name. Brian May? Brian May. That's I, kept, I, kept, I had May, but I kept on thinking Lee for some reason. Ricky. Um, Ricky. Ricky Lee. <laughs> Ricky Lee. Really good. <laughs> The Ricky Lee Coulter story. No, Ricky May. <laughs> but Lipnick. I've got no issue whatsoever with those two guys, you know, the, the holders of the Queen Flame. Yep. Um, reintroducing their music, their back catalogue, to a new generation. I've got no problem in the world with a band doing that because naturally they want a new audience and young people to hear their music and buy their music. Not a problem in the world. But don't don't package up what you're proclaiming is an O'Day to one of the most charismatic frontmen of any era of any kind of music ever when what you're just doing is selling compilation discs. Yeah, you put together I, I, I a can soundtrack. see how you can take a really negative view of what it is. And more to the point... I'm, it's still I'm, a story to be told. More to the point, I'm not, a, I'm not really a Queen fan, but you know, like, 
half a dozen of their songs, you go, oh, yeah, 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 I know that one. You know, oh, yeah, that was them, oh, yeah. But you know these songs. The whole film, the pillars of the film are built around, oh, that's how they wrote that. Yeah. Oh, that's how they wrote that. Oh, that's how they did We Will Rock You. But then you, you could make that as a documentary and just have it made for television and Spot all that on. sort of stuff. What's the difference the Queen, between it being on television and being in a movie? The Queen doco that aired when the film came out yeah. it was quite good. The, I saw the two it, part. really liked it. You're like, yeah, it's yeah, a good really doco. But what this film does, it just actually makes shit up. And I got no, once again, I got no issue with a film doing that sort of thing. Like, you know, dramatizing things and based on a true story gives you the dramatic license to do what you want. But you're like, basic tenets of the story didn't even happen. Like what? Queen didn't break up. Pride of Live Aid and need to get back together. Brian so, May didn't write um, We Will Rock You in the early 80s. Yeah, okay. It was on News of the World, which was released in 1977. <laughs> and he's sitting there in the studio going, we need a hit. I've got an idea. Yeah, well, in reality, you wrote it six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie didn't just walk up to them, post a gig in the back of a, like they were sitting in a van and go, I'll be your lead singer. He really? knew the lead singer. Damn it. I like that And he part knew of the it. band. Yeah. So, you know, they didn't sell their van to finance their first album. They knew the guys who owned the studio. Like, okay. so you're sitting there going, Queen are a tremendous band with a great legacy. But my biggest fucking bugbear with the whole thing, ultimately. Just tell me, did that other producer actually pass on them? No, he didn't exist. Mike Myers? Apparently, the producer who they based this dude on was a big supporter of Queen. <laughs> So you're like... Mm. I'm devastated now. But anyway, <laughs> the biggest problem the film has for me is, and I like to refer to this as remix culture. It exists. It's very prevalent in this day and age. Fabian is still in the room. It's very prevalent Hello. in this day and age <laughs> where what's old is new again. Yep. And what we're going to do is we're just going to give you what, you what we think you like. We've spoken about it before. The Lion King, for instance... Aladdin comes out this year. Dumbo yep. comes out this year. You know, it's a new Star Wars out this year. Disney's going to make a shitload of money. They're going to make a shitload of money, and I don't begrudge that. But by the same token, when I watch Bohemian Rhapsody and I see everyone jerking themselves dry over the Live Aid scene, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a wonderful! Oh, it was so good. It looks so good. It actually fucking happened. Yeah. Go on YouTube. Just Great. watch it. <clears throat> Don't sit there and go. Oh, it was wonderful. The last fifteen minutes where they recreated Live Aid. Just watch it. But then after you watched you're it, watching a, after you watched Bohemian Rhapsody, did you go and watch no, the I'd Live Aid? Well, no, because I'd already I'd, I'd watched the Live Aid thing like a while ago. And yeah. you sit there and you go, you know, you know, you know how the film should have ended. Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury should have walked to the curtain at Wembley, and it should have cut to the broadcast. Yeah. Yep. And my argument, artistically at least, you're saying splice it in with actual footage. So you sit there and go the real thing. The, yeah. the film ends with him walking through the curtain, but then they cut to the actual 1985 broadcast hmm. and basically sit there and say artistically we're not even going to try to recreate but they did a pretty good job but why but why why do they why do we sit here why do we give them credit for digital whip pans over Wembley with digital sprites looking at a guy in you know in front of a green screen because they dancing can. like Freddie it's Mercury because they can They've sh- it's really shit him and you're sitting there going a guy well, actually it's gotten to you a guy actually delivered one of the most flawless, most charismatic, most captivating live performances of all time in front of the entire world. Don't take that moment from him. Don't, don't fuck that up. Don't I mean, even try to recreate it. Yeah, Celebrate yeah. that they came out. I agree out. they could have. I haven't seen it yet. But like, what but you're saying, I would have preferred me. to do it the way you're saying, but was it done bad? But it wasn't I thought done. it was great. I mean, I, you know I, why? Because people sit there and they're like, "This is so we're so safe and so warm and cuddly and fuzzy," and everyone's like, "Oh, it was really good." Because I remember watching Live Aid and they did it. They recreated it and it looked really good. Kids yeah. in their twenties, like, fuck, wouldn't know 
anything about it. No, that's right. So it probably is for a generation that wasn't aware of it, didn't know how it played out and all that sort of stuff. So, And look, I I really like music, but I'm a vanilla music supporter. Um, You're still a card-carrying member of the Millie Vanilli fan club. Fucking oath. He's the... uh, (laughs) I'm the only (laughs) card-carrying member of the Millie Vanilli fan club. still write to him. He's the secretary, chairman... (laughs) (laughs) Meeting comes to order. <laughs> all, all in favour say aye. <laughs> aye. It's just, uh, like I said, I didn't, you know, I watch it and you go, I can see why people enjoy it. But it's like, just want for more. Could could you look at it, if you were doing a persuasive essay at school, could you give it a few positive comments on what you know, has you been know what produced? I, you know what I'll say? I will say that with... Because if you want to take a negative view, I'm sure you can. If I want to, to say have. that with the cynicism dialed right up, yep. you could say that it was a, um, which is arguably what Queen railed against being, it was a film by committee. Yep. So it was well made. Like, it looks fine. And it if you don't do the, it, you've got to do it right. It hits you, all you, the right you, beats. You can't stuff it up, so. But it's one step ahead of Rock of Ages or something. Yep. Where it's just playing, can, can oh, I, I know that song. Can I change tack for one moment? Please. Have you, and Fabian, this is a question for you too. Oh, sorry. Have you seen the shorts for the movie yesterday? Oh, no. Brilliant. Fabian explained the trailer to me. It sounded like War and Peace. It was fucking awesome. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm hanging for this. And, and I texted the to a mate of mine brilliant. who is a massive Beatles fan, and I said, have you heard about this? This is the I did the same thing to a family friend of ours, texted it to him and said. And he said, that is my dream. Huh. That is my dream. I thought I had tweeted a while ago. I did something about it where it was like, um, it was something about you can claim uh, you can claim any ten songs you want that now they're yours, yep. and you can put an album out, and all these ten songs have no longer been written by anyone else. Yep. You have written them there, blah blah. So I just assumed that Danny Boyle saw that and just ripped me off. <laughs> <laughs> and and obviously for anyone listening, the plot for yesterday is. A bloke wakes up one day, he's like, I don't know whether he's been hit by light or whatever. He got hit by, a, hit by a bus. Hit, something like that. He wakes up the next day, he's a massive... Madeline Beatles West fan. style. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, dear. Um, but he, he wakes up the next day, um, having been you know, always been a massive Beatles fan, and he says something in passing to a friend about he was going to give up. He was going to give up on his career as a, yeah. as a musician, time to get a real job type, type setup. And, and basically, the Beatles do not exist. Yeah. But he still knows all the songs and he starts playing the she songs. She buys him a guitar yeah. like, as a bit of a, you know, get back because he's come out so of hospital. I didn't, didn't realise that was part of the premise. Yeah, so but, she gave him the guitar and said, you know, you know, don't give up on your dream type of thing. And, you know, they're at a barbecue or whatever and they, she asks him to play a song and he just starts belting out yesterday and they're all sitting there in amazement. She's like, oh, when did you write that? And he goes, oh, I didn't write that. The Beatles. Wrote that Paul McCartney. And they've all gone. Who, who are the Beatles? And, it, it, and then it, obviously, and the trailer goes, and he looks up the Beatles. They don't exist, and then he basically uses their entire catalogue and becomes yes. the biggest pop star on the planet. It's so. actually funny. This is, I, I would assume that uh, although the Beatles don't own their catalogue anymore, do they? Michael Jackson. Does. Well, Michael Jackson. Who well, owns Paul McCartney's? Peter Holmes of Court owned them. Owned something. What did he own? He owned someone's like relatively big's catalogue for a little bit, mm-hmm. but. Um, Michael Jackson's estate, I'm pretty sure, still owns the Beatles catalogue. Yeah. That, that's what I thought. So I'm not sure... So Parrish Jackson would be making a shitload so of So I'm not sure who licensed it, but whoever licensed it um, is just doing a Bohemian Rhapsody, basically. Well, the way that you were talking about it, I thought, oh, oh this is a... No, but the, if the you've got a good, if, if, say, if Danny Ball does a good job, which good, he can yeah. do, base a decent movie around 
a Beatles catalogue. And it just looks it looks like a really funny movie. Hey, like you base a, an entire movie around uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and that turned out pretty bloody awesome too. Well, I, so, think, I think the success of this film has probably got more to do with Richard Curtis than anyone else. Who's Richard Curtis? Do you know, know who Richard Curtis is? No, no the name. Yeah, he's written or directed sometimes both Four Weddings and a Funeral, oh, Love yeah, Actually, yeah, yep, yep, Notting yep. Hill. Yep, that's oh, where I know the name from. Et cetera. Yeah. So he's pretty bloody You good. love Notting Hill, don't you? I like Notting Hill. I really like Notting Hill. Love, love, love actually is second best Christmas movie of all time. We've, we've been through this. Behind Die Hard. Behind uh, National Lampoons. They're oh, Die, yeah, Hard, okay. Die Hard at three. Cool. Home Next. Alone, Home Alone 2 at four. Dialogue. Die Hard, it's not. It's a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas Yippee movie. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, let's move on. It's a movie set at Christmas. Move on. It's a Christmas movie. It's, it's a Christmas, Christmas movie, Sean. It's no. got Christmas trees everywhere. What else do you need? No. Um... I don't know where we want to start, AFL, perhaps. <laughs> you want to kick off there? We're pretty close to the season beginning. There's some practice matches. Fellas, I'm running around. late. Create a run sheet. Create a run sheet. I don't know where we're starting. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I'm very disappointed to say I, I've had a, a, a work meeting come up that is probably going to see me not able to go to the practice match tomorrow afternoon, which I was really, really exciting, excited to see. Um, we were flirting temporarily with doing a live record. <laughs> we were going to do an outside broadcast. Ooh. Um, so my understanding is going Sorry, to be... Sorry, Fabian's t- just took it, taken a swig out of what looks like piss. It does look like a urine sample. <laughs> it's, uh, what was it? Gold Rush Powerade and, and water, diluted. Oh, Jesus. So it I does to, look... I'd hate to see the... Uh, if, that, if you were pissing that, you, you're basically dehydrated. You've been drinking Gold Rush. Very much so. But if that's diluted, what's the colour of it when it's... It's bright orange. potent. Clearly. Why have you um, diluted it? Because it was a bit strong. Oh, wow. Shit, we're gonna. It's very sugary. Yeah. So uh, anyway, twenty-four man aside teams tomorrow. Um, playing Hawthorne. Playing Hawthorne. So if, if it's twenty-four fellas, there's going to be a few that aren't going to well, play. Well, Cripps is AFLX. Fisher's AFLX. Yes. And that was the thing. I, I, I kind of thought, well, if you're going to go there, what are you expecting to see, and and who are the players that you're going to watch? I'd probably most look forward to um, Stocker. He's playing. I'd, I'd stock it as a general watch, mainly just to see, A, if he plays. Yeah. What's his style and does he look like a senior footballer at the moment? And I'm, I think there are a lot of people that are expecting him to play a bit of footy this year and I'm I'm yet to be convinced. Ooh. So, But then obviously that's what tomorrow might be about. Excellent. Clearly Sam Walsh is the number one that people, they just want to see how he goes. Yep. You know, what does he do? That's obvious. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And I mean, I didn't even write, I mean, I wrote a few notes to myself. I didn't write a comment next to Sam Walsh because it's all been said before. You know what I'd actually be looking forward to watching? Tell me. David Cunningham. You beat me to it. Uh, I want to see Dave Cunningham blow the doors off. I know it's a... It's not even an official practice match, just a, just a scratch match with another AFL team. It's effectively a training run. Is this a make-or-break season for David Cunningham? I reckon it yeah. is. Yeah. But I reckon, start from now, just blow the doors off it so people walk away and go, shit, Dave Cunningham looks good. We're well, in a position... Build some confidence while you can. We're well, yeah. in a position where, as a club, at the moment at least, until, until perhaps his form falls off the cliff, if it was to fall off the cliff, he should just play. Yeah. He should play until it's actually untenable for him yep. to hold his spot and just say, do the old fucking classic. Just go, you got the first six weeks. Well, And that's what we said and about Harry worry. Mackay halfway through the year yeah. last year. We just sort of said, tell him you've got four games in a row. Yeah. Don't worry about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just play. And, yeah, he is. Now's the time to do it. JLT series, all Playing that sort of stuff. Playing behind the ball. 
Don't play him on the ball. Play him behind the ball. I'm, I'm inclined to think that's what he's got to do. And let him break a line. And probably the and other just one. tell him, mate, if you get caught, big shit. Yeah, let's be honest. Probably the other shit. one I like, uh, probably like to get a look at is Lockie O'Brien. Like Lockie O'Brien's second half of the year last year. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. it kicks on. The guy, I, the, the guy I really want to see, and I've just got a sneaky suspicion he's going to be a player, is Harrison McCready. And I just really want to see I how he's come back. Finn Barrow Dwyer. Oh no, no. Well, I mean, to me, Finn, oh, ba- Finn Barrow Dwyer and Angus Schumacher—they're bonus footballers. You know, if, if they turn out to be something great, um, then I yeah, I get and, where and you're I, and I from. Tom Williamson was the same. Yeah. You know, Tom Williamson always sounded great when you read draft profiles and all that sort of stuff. But obviously, until Actually, you see playing? them, uh, he's had a back injury yeah. uh, and was suffering from Crohn's and all that sort of stuff. So he, he's been back. Um, Sounds like he'd fit in on the pod. <laughs> he's been back only for a little bit. He's doing a bit of running, but he's not fit. He's not ready to go. Sounds like um, he's doing a little bit of running in his spare time to the, the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two the two blokes of everything that I've read, the two blokes that have had a great preseason are Sam Petrevsky Seaton and Matthew Kennedy. So Petrevsky oh, Seaton started his, faves. Yeah, started his preseason really early, um, and, and <laughs> I, oh, I swear to God. You, you, you just don't listen when I talk, I'm convinced. Defend yourself, Guadagnolo. I've never had an issue with Samo. Oh, yeah. I just want to see, see more because I think he can give more. Yep. And Kennedy Kennedy had a run last year between rounds 14 to 19 where he dropped below 19 possessions a game only once. Um, so clearly he can find the footy. He, and, he's, he, and, and, and he had an injury interrupted beginning of the year and it crueled the rest of his season. But I think once he got to the stage that his body was underneath him and working, he was pretty good. I sent Fab a text. 10 or 15 minutes into round one and I basically had the pants down around my ankles about Matthew Kennedy. <laughs> and then he, he did the ankle he, he, he started the game yeah. like a house on fire. Yeah. yeah. And he was he was big and he, he look he's he's not the most mobile kind of guy, but he's that wasn't holding him back in that and opening draft didn't be that either. But so. he was he was big, he was contesting, he was winning the ball, he was yeah. causing the Tigers problems at the contest. Yeah. Was he turning it over? No. He set someone up for a um, – I can't remember if it was the first or the second goal. But he someone, someone ran through – I think he gave the hands. He'd, he'd won it and they ran through the 50. But he started the game. He looked magnificent. And then it looked like he'd snapped his Achilles. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, you just went, and, and my only other comment on I'm not mate, putting him down. I hope, I hope he does kick on. I just – You're breaking out the screen. No, I'm not – I'm not getting as excited as you are. Quite. I'm not getting just, excited. Just, I'm just are saying, you, you, mate. What, you shot your bolt. You shot your bolt 15 minutes into didn't the first say quarter. That, didn't, didn't, didn't you make fun of me recently for saying shot your bolt? That's why we're saying it. That's your term. Like you'd never heard it, even though it's a. I we will heard that. Well known. Um, the one bloke that I've said I think is almost our most integral player for the year next year. Hold and, on. And integral no. to our improvement. Let me guess. This Tell year. me. Let me guess. Mm, let me just think this one over. It's not Nick Graham, obviously. <laughs> it's not Kerridge. It's not. Uh, is it Will Setterfield? I am looking forward to him playing, but I don't think he plays on Thursday. No, he won't I don't play think he's ready yet. I'm very excited about Will Setterfield. Paddy Wow? No, no, Paddy Wow. The only comment I made was just improvement. Jeez, I, I he think got he, better. He's shown, he, he's shown he can play. Just keep going. He was playing in the worst team in the league. I know. And by the end of the season, Caleb Marchman. He's got better. Well, he's not quite fit yet. 
Like we're he, trying to figure out who who this bloke is that you. you I'm going to be honest with you. I was actually trying to think of, and this is credit. This is this is to me proof that the list is trending the right way. I was trying to think of an absolute joke of a player I could mention, as somebody who it absolutely wouldn't be. And I was like, I was trying to, I was going through the numbers in my head, and I'm going. Ooh. I'm remaining positive through February. The I'm fact remaining. that we delisted players like Nick Graham and Sam Kerridge, Sam Kerridge Jed and Jed Lamb. They're not joke footballers, right? They obviously... Decent VFL players. Yeah, didn't cut it at AFL level, but they weren't joke footballers. So if they're dropping off your list, you're starting to get to the point, well, okay, it's getting better. Mm. Rather than watching someone at round two and go, you're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think think we felt that way. Never to play again. Not even, you know, I I really... I hate hate saying this because... I am of the school, and, and hopefully my top tens in recent weeks have shown this. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I like to celebrate, you know, the being positive rather than negative. Underrated's better than, you know, a list of the most underrated's better than a list of the most overrated. True. But wow, fucking didn't. Uh, I just got one word to sum up Aaron Mullet and Cam O'Shea. Yeah. Fucking woof. Yeah, they, um, we whiffed on that Ooh. one, didn't we? So there was no issue look- with. Having one of them. At times it felt like there were but five having of them. two of them, It yeah. felt like there were half a dozen of them out there. I felt I'd like get, we cloned we're not, them. We're not treading over this ground, but I'd never thought, and I don't think it was the intention for Aaron Mullet, given his previous season at VFL, being a leader, that he was going to come in and be our AFL We'd have been better. Answer. And, and, and in retrospect, they probably... He had to play too many AFL games. That's right. We'd have been better getting uh, or keeping uh, Simon White. Yeah, Absolutely. You're right. You're right. But anyway, we don't want to trade over that. Because like I said, I'm sure they're lovely, lovely people. When Who, they got who's my player? Round. Give me my player, please. Our integral player for the season. Mark we Murphy. Move... Incorrect. We Fuck. move forward on the... I didn't realise this uh... was Tim's quiz. <laughs> Tim, we've named 15 players. Just tell us who the fuck Jacob it is. Weary. Jacob oh, Weary, yeah, fourth-year okay. defender. Yeah, we would have Centre Centre-half-back, holds down the whole team. We would have got that. Sets us up in defence. Had a big pre-season by all reports. He gets that right. I'm... Pointing to I'm my pointing head. to my head. He <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is not great so on not, pod. Yeah, not great on pod. He gets the mentality right. Yep, and he and he runs three or four good games in a row and builds a bit of confidence. There was a game we at. played. I don't know if it was his first season or his second season. But it was a game we played against Brisbane at Eddie Had. Rare, I know, because we never play them in in Melbourne anymore. Um, but why give us a win? Yeah, a, f- a friend of mine who's a Lions fan sent me a text at like three quarter time or something, um, and just she just goes. Just fuck. He just goes. Weedering looks. He's a star. Yeah, because he, he just, just know, knows where to go. He was just reading that classic. If any of our players play clever football that um, nullifies or avoids the you know contests and whatever, oh, they're cheating. Yeah. Oh, they're they're not work. Whereas when he was doing it, he was just doing the classic float across, reads the play, chops yeah. it out. You know the wall. You turned the turn corner against Gold Coast last year. Oh, the mark. Jacob Weedering. The wind's turned the corner. Fight. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I, I am agree. looking forward. Was oh, that what he looked like? He did his knee. I was at the it looked game. Looked like a car crash. We, was we, we, we thought he'd done his knee. We, th- we thought he. I thought he'd either broken his leg or done his knee. Yeah, it looked bad. And then when they said afterwards, it's just a corky. You're like you little fucking ripper. Yeah. Because you just sort of thought exactly as Fabian said. I've been wanting to see this for three years. I've been wanting to see that preparedness to put your body on the line for the club and everything yeah. else. Oh, he showed that in, in his first season. He did. The first season he was got hurt doing showing that. Yeah. In the goal square against Sammy Rowe. Sammy Rowe. Wow. Just you know, put our blue chip fucking pick at 15 years set a half back in the gun. <laughs> Shout out to Sammy. Shout, Shout out, out to Sammy. To Sal. I love Sammy. Yeah. 
All right. Um, do we want to talk the basket case that is Conference A and Conference you know B of the AFL? Look, 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 it's worked in our favour because we were oh, saying fuck, we last week what? we've I lost s- our first two games. I said we're, in a se- a we're out of the shot. <laughs> season's shot. And you said, aren't we only one game yes. behind? And all of a sudden we are top of the ladder or top of our conference. I sympathise. I sympathise because the AFL have come out in, in the last week and they've sort of sought to justify the reason why they didn't go to the nine-game seasons because of the cost of travel and the cost yep. of the logistical costs associated with staging a round of football. Yep. And we, we've been over it, you know, obviously when the game itself is not generating revenue to sustain or pay for itself, then it is an impost. But by the same token, I think the conferences were sort of fine in, in theory. They're just... They're just desperately unlucky. Oh, look, it, they, it, they're it's, unbalanced. It's advertised the unbalanced. Because we've, played, exactly we've played two teams in the other conference. Yeah. So we're, we're, we've only got one more game against the, the other conference. This coming to us. Well, we're going to make the grand final and get belted. Well, and that, I think North Melbourne the are, are the clearly the best yeah. team. Even, even then. It's like even, an all-star team. Even yes. what they've allowed North Melbourne to do. Mm. Like speaks to the like. What are you doing? Yeah. Any chance they give these girls a break and play a game like at twilight or something where it's not in the middle of the bloody day? Yeah, mm. thirty-five degrees. The other thing I will say to that is just initially. In I the get tired of, watching them, but in the start of the season, just initially anyway. Sometimes they're playing at a lot of grounds that do not have um, AFL spec lights, mm. or um, they actually would be otherwise playing up against the BBL, yeah. which I don't have to worry about anymore. Yeah. Um, and just one note: Did you guys? Watch much of it? The AFLW? We watched yeah, the it Carlton game. No, I actually couldn't see any of it live because I think we were playing, Melbourne Victory might have been playing at the same time. No, you're at my place. You're talking about last week. You're watching Jurassic Park. Just before Jurassic Park, we're watching the AFLW. Oh, yeah, we were watching parts of it. Did you see the goal that the Irish woman from GWS I did not kicked? see that. That was the, when I was on the way. The goal? That was when I was no. on the way to Fabians. Anybody listening to this pod, just Google Yvonne Bonner. Just form an orderly queue. We don't want to crash the site. <laughs> she kicks... She kicks as good a goal as you will see in any level of football, male or female, anywhere in the world, oh. and does it all on her own. And it's just, it's just. It's Did just it win pure. goal of the week? Uh, it couldn't not. Okay, well that's not an answer. Taylor Harris got cleared. She did get cleared, did she? Did they downgraded it. If it they? wasn't for a seven-game season, she gets at least a week. Did Nick Stevens get cleared? Not sure. Because her one seemed the most innocuous. It was a little bit of a backhander, but it was in the act of when you sort of. Tackled or whatever, you know, obviously looking for balance. And she's sort of thrown the arm out and accidentally whacked the girl across the chops. Yeah. And you're like, I saw that and I was a bit, oh, well, look, that's just, it's she's an accident. The one with Taylor Harris. Well, and, I thought it's a week. And, and yeah. I've had a crack at Buddy Franklin a couple of times because he's tried to use this defense too. He, he cleaned up Ben Cousins one day. Yep. It was a hip and shoulder. Yep. But his shoulder hit him in the head. Yep. And the comment made was, He's too tall. It's not his fault that he's taller than him. And it's like, does Buddy Franklin not know that he's six foot five? Like, is that an excuse? Yeah. With Taylor Harris, it was in the last minute of the game. Yeah, I know. And we're up by however. And it was six a good goals. bump. There was no malice in it. She was just taller yeah, than she needed, yeah. high. Yeah. And and in the end, again, the the defence isn't. Um, it's kind of going to happen if I'm tall, and it's sort of like. You've got you a duty of care, don't you? You've got a duty of care. If that means you've got to drop your ass down a little bit to be able to deliver the bump, that's what you do. Yeah. And more to the point, I'm always of the mind there that. The game's, the game's won. Yeah, yeah just be that's a bit right. more circumspect. Yep, you know, the yep. game's won. You're only going to court a little bit of danger in putting yourself in that position. Don't back out, but just yep. tackle. Yeah, Maddie Presbarkas after the she's, Rising Star nod in round two. She's, she's the best player in the comp. She well, 
I reckon you go, you've gone hard. She's the best kid in the comp. I reckon there was a no girl, playing, girl playing for Adelaide the next day that might be the best player in the comp. Who's Phillips? that? Yeah, Aaron Phillips is pretty good. Yeah. No, but, but Aaron Phillips is probably, back, what, 32 back. years of age, whereas Maddie Prasparkas is, what, 19? Mm. Well, she's backed up her round two performance even better this week. So Well, and the thing, the best thing about her is usually when you're a young footballer, if you're, if you're outside... Um, and you've got skill and speed, and you do the bit on the end of other people's hard work, you go, yeah, fair enough. But she's in and under. She finds the footy. She's got the skill. No, she puts her looks body the on the line. She just she does everything. No, she, no, she's good to watch, no doubt about and, it. And, and you look at her, you're going, you've got you got room to grow and develop and improve galore. So Maybe got a draft pick right. Which is good. <laughs> um, yes. Obviously, otherwise, I'm not sure who the, what the fixture throws up for us this week, actually. I haven't is seen it any of the fixtures. It is. No, Saturday I afternoon? did know that. Yeah. We're, and we're, we're down Geelong, in Geelong. We? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I was speaking to um, one of the guys down in Geelong. You had a bit of a look, and I think the following week we play Collingwood. So if we can so get we've a- got, if we're going away to Geelong, that'll be three out of four away games. So heavily back ended, I would imagine. Yeah. So. Come home with a rush. It's not too bad. Like I said, Maybe. for anyone listening who has who has actually not been to GMHBA Stadium since it's been redeveloped, um, and particularly you know in light of obviously AFLW is just free of charge, walk in the door. Yep. Um, go and do yourself go a favour. Go, go and, and see where you want. Molly Meldrum style. Go and seriously go and check it out. It's an absolutely it's a beautiful stadium. Yeah, it is. I agree. Um, and it, what they've done down there is turn it into a, a what I've said it before. What Princess Park should be. Um, so you do have the, the bit of a pangs of sadness. When you go down there, to be honest, because you sit there and go, "This is what we should have." Um, moving on, obviously, world football, huge week in world football. Huge. I'm going to start. I'm going to ask Fabian the question. This is discuss volume three, I think it is. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be Manchester United manager come the start of next season. Discuss. He's not odds. a United fan. No, he's he, not. He, he won't be. He won't be. I've, he won't be. <laughs> I don't think the board will get caught in the emotion. I think they need to. However, he's gone from being, let's see how he goes, to being a legitimate candidate. A legitimate candidate. Now, if Daniel Levy is, well, ends up being Daniel Levy and he's a prick, then I don't think the board are going to be too worried appointing Ole, but I still think that Poch... Is in the driver's seat. I sent Fabian. I'm not saying that's my choice, whatever. Well, give me your choice. I don't have one. I can't. I'm not going to. I sent Fab a, a text off pod. Um, obviously, we sort of had a ch- bit of a chat yesterday about the the result in the FA Cup. You know, obviously, Solskjaer goes to Chelsea, a place that United have found it notoriously difficult to win at um, for the better part of two decades, really. Uh, record at Stamford Bridge is not, not very good. Um, and that coincides with a number of things, obviously, Chelsea becoming a very good team and, and whatnot. But. In 14 games, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has already won more games away to top six opposition than Mourinho did in two and a half years. That's, that's amazing. And you sit there and go, what, what, whatever he's doing, and, and the thing for me with Poch, what Poch may do at United is pure speculation. Yep. What he might bring is pure speculation. we got a guy right in front of us who's doing what you want him to do. It's right there. You sit there going, we don't have to give him a six-year deal. We don't have to go out and throw the sink and break the bank and you know tie ourselves to this guy for so long. I would be comfortable if they went to him and said, you know what, mate, we're, we're going to give you the reins and we're going to give you two years. 
in my opinion, and I'm very much the unwashed when it comes to world football and, and even more so when it comes to Manchester United, I reckon, he, I reckon they should appoint him, in, in my opinion. I think they absolutely should because he's got the culture and the attitude yeah. and everything. He's galvanised the club. Absolutely. He's one of your own. I don't think they will because I think they're too big and mm. I don't think – I think if they're smart businessmen, they're going to say, let's put the right person in. You know what this could be? It's Brett Ratton, Mick Malthouse. No, you know what it is? It's exactly what's happening here and Carlton should have stuck with Brett Ratton, I've, I've got but a, I don't know whether you I can. I like that. I don't I, know whether you can. Oh, yeah, see, but I, Ollie's not on a downward trend. I like that analogy. Yeah, true. You know what else, you know what else it is? You need someone from a board perspective. It's Terry Wallace, Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, absolutely. You need someone in the Manchester United boardroom to go nail their colours to the mast a little bit and yeah. go, you know what, maybe it's him. I look, as I said, I think it should be. Just go, maybe, mm. this, I, maybe I think it's it should this be guy. because it's work, it, it works. He's galvanised the team. The players are playing for him because, I mean, it doesn't matter what sport you play mm. and at what level. We you haven't... see the team that plays for their coach. And it's, the, the it's danger. It's a fantastic thing to watch. The danger that we have just at the moment is... I've got no issue with Poch as a manager. I think he's a very, very good manager. His teams go to water under pressure. And whether that's him or the team or the whatever, the mentality, don't know. But the fact is, under Poch, Tottenham Hotspur have been in the best positions uh, they've been in for decades to win things. And they don't. <laughs> they don't. United, who would have said, under Jose, would we have beaten Arsenal away in the cup? Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. Would we be beating Chelsea away? As in, no, don't we, not. As no. in, not we, under Jose. Jose as, capitulates it. As in, we have to beat both of them. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, that's right. Whereas, I can agree with that. <clears throat> whereas we sit here now, and of course we've drawn another Premier League team away, by the way. I know. Wow. So Premier League opposition away for the third. We had what? Reading at home, I think, in round three, which is fine. But you sit there and go, we so, are. And so who you got now? Wolves. Wolves. Oh, which is not a gimme. City drew. Oh, apart from Wolves, City have had a ridiculous draw. City are away at Swansea. Yep. City City have had a ridiculous draw through all the cups. And look, now, apart from Wolves, and I know West Ham, not West Ham, um, Crystal Palace are still in it. But like, there's not there's City, United, and probably Wolves based on this season's form. Yeah. The only three teams that are. They'll. I reckon there's there's part of me. Yeah, the skeptic clearly thinks that they're trying to head towards a City United final. But but obviously it's it's drawn at random. I mean, well, having said that, they might sit there and they go, go on about the romance of the FA Cup, but I don't think they would want a Wolves Palace final because from is a worldwide audience perspective, who's tuning into that? Commercially, maybe they look at it from the point of view that if City and United play in a semi final. That, that's what I was going to say. That's is there a any way that you can meet? Because if it is purely yeah, at random, yeah, absolutely. You, you yeah. could just draw one another at any point. Yeah, so they might look at it and say, if these two draw in a semi-final, that means we've got at least one of the semi-finals yeah. sold out. Yep. And they're all at Wembley now. They used to be at neutral venues. Uh, Wembley's a neutral Shout venue. out to Villa Park. Shout out to, uh, <laughs> um, what was it, Sheffield Wednesday, Hillsborough? Yeah, so. Old Trafford did one or two here and there. Um, but they might sit there and go, we can sell out one semi and the final's going to sell out no matter what. It doesn't yep. matter. So we actually get better gate, whatever, and we get the blue chip you know, match up that we want at some point. No one will be able to watch it, Sean, because the... Uh... Well, you can. You just have to, unfortunately, um, stream it illegally from Reddit. Shout out to... Uh, Bob Test. SpongeBob. Shout out to Bob Test 406. 406. <laughs> Bob Test 408, Bob Test 409, and Bob Test 410. 
It's a shout out back to uh, what were we trying to watch? The UFC. Conor, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor. Khabib. Yeah. Every time he fucking tuned in, he was on the mat. <laughs> we missed the start of every round. You missed the start of every round because the guy had to keep refreshing his stream because yeah, gotcha. Twitter kept shutting it shutting down. Shutting down. So he would try to obviously get the stream up, but whilst you you yourself were scratching for which one's live. Which Bob Tess are we looking for? Yeah, which, which Bob Tess is actually online at the moment. You'd always miss the first little bit of the round. Dead set, rounds go for three minutes, five minutes. Five minutes, I think, in MMA. So you turn it on. Boxing's three minutes. Round yes, whatever, yep. you know, round two. Um, then you go, oh, okay, I've only missed 12 seconds. He's on the mat. Yeah. <laughs> Every round looked the same. He's in a chokehold on the ground. You're thinking, Jesus, how did this happen? It's like they just started on the mat. But, uh, yeah, so there we go. Yep. I don't know what we were talking about. We're talking about United, oh, yeah. and we kind of moved into the FA Cup, yeah. so we probably should drift over to the Champions League. A little the, bit of a... The second half of yeah. the round of 16 was played... Oh, Half of it was played again this morning. Splitting it, it's effectively split over four match days. It's, it's too no, diluted. No, I don't like it. And they do it for TV. You can do it for two weeks, but maybe you put it all on the one day. They, I don't, I don't yeah, know. But they do it for TV. The broadcast, maximise yep. the broadcast. But, I mean, from my point of view, obviously, um, the big tie, arguably, off the round of 16, was played this morning, the first leg. Liverpool with, uh, Bayern. Liverpool Bayern. And but, Bayern. it's always, what do you take out of it? It was two batshit boring games. But but in terms of what do you take out of it from Bayern's point of view? Is are they because they sit there now? Liverpool sit there and go, and they're more than capable of scoring an away goal. Yeah, an away goal. They'd be happy with that. And you sit there and go, we just need a score draw, mm. and we're through. But Bayern will be going. At least we're not behind. At least we're not behind. But Bayern are sitting there now going, they have to. We see we did this under Jose a lot, and I'm not saying that Bayern have done this, but we put ourselves in the position where go going to home, and this killed us last year against Sevilla. Yep. Well, you go home, you go, you have to win. You have to win the match. Yep. And you're sitting there going, no margin for error. So for me, I've got Liverpool in the box seat because I think that they'll go to Munich and they'll be cagey, but they can score. They can score. And if they score, then Bayern are in trouble good potentially. Night. Good night, Irene. <laughs> yep. And the other tie, I think, is done. It's nil all. Yeah, but I think Barcelona... Barcelona go to the new camp and they'll score three. Leon have got some good players now. They're kind of regenerating a little bit. Got your mate. You got a shirt? You got I a Memphis have, shirt? Do have Memphis? So your mate Memphis? Yeah. Didn't work so, out for um, us. <laughs> yeah, so two nil all draws this morning. Obviously the ties tomorrow morning. Oh no. Uh Atletico Madrid versus Juve. 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 Um Juve will win this whole thing. Um the champion Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about yeah. um, well, you and Schalke and Patriots from a very long way out? We'll see if yeah, the great man Schalke Man City uh, is the other tie. Man City will yeah. will walk this. Yeah. Walk um, what was I going to say? The the Champions League. I was thinking about something, but I've forgotten what it was. Okay. Not the Serie C. No, no. We're going to get to that. I was thinking about something in the Champions League. It's gone. Let's move on. Was it on. about Messi saying he wanted to go to Bar- leave Barcelona and there oh. was some sort of an issue? Did he say that, did he? Some he says that, though. Like, Ronaldo Basically used to do that. Basically saying they have good enough strikers around him or something oh, like that. Oh, no, what I was going to say was um, if anyone followed, uh, I don't know if it was Fab or Tim's tips last week, they were in for, it was a bit nervy. But, um, yeah, it was a little bit nervy, but Real were good value for their long odds. I had a f- fitty on it. Well, were they one ninety something? One ninety one. I got it at. I think you were on one ninety five. Yeah. So that's like that is long. But Ta- they, tales from the punt. Pa- tales from. <laughs> I parlayed that into. They just got over the line. Into. I saw that Spurs were paying two dollars. Sweet. So I parlayed the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, made a nice little. Made a tidy sum, which I saw on Saturday. He reinvested into Tim Tams and Tiny Teddies. 
No, they'll TV snacks. <laughs> I was say, does he, he only comes, eat food beginning with tea? He comes home and he, he came back from the shop and he um, very graciously, as he does, he, he always shouts dinner for his guests, um, which I've just given up fighting. I don't want it to come across as tightness. I just, there's no point arguing with the man. Just get my, nowhere. It's my house. I will. Uh... Um, but he, he went out to get the get the dinner, which was fantastic. And when he came back, he um, three he, separate uh, venues I had to go to. I had to go to the shops to get dessert. Yeah. I had to go to... Let me guess, tiramisu. No. Damn it. No. Starts with two. But he, but he, he, um, he came back... Chinese and, he, and pizza. I had to he, do all three. He'd gone to Coles and uh, he buys two packs of everything. And I go, why are you buying two packs of everything? And just like replace them when you're done. He goes, it's got to last me two weeks. That's right, it's got to last me two weeks. But what if it lasts... Oh, it's weird. I just didn't get it. He bought... He produced... He had a big bag and he produced two of everything. Fascinating. It was bizarre. There's another big bag with two things in there, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've lost it. Um, You're referring, of course, to your ball sack. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, and then before we get it's off soccer, just got, No, I got it. Oh. I just didn't think we needed to back over. And it. then before we get off soccer, let's just share it. You know, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Pro Piacenza. Is that what they're called? Yep. Um, in the Serie C. Chedia. Gee. Jesus Christ, man. I can sympathise with their team manager having been involved in several recreational sports teams when you just get that feeling, we can't field a team. So you're looking around at the centre, who the fuck's here? Shit. And then they got their, they ended up fielding six youth team players and a masseuse. I don't know if it was the club masseuse. It was a masseuse. <laughs> just a Swedish masseuse. <laughs> <Or> a masseuse. <laughs> Imagine it was the opposition's yeah, masseuse. Yeah, like, I'll play. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. Yeah, you... Yeah, you can play. And then you're always doubting. Remember that happens sometimes when you're always doubting if their heart's in it. You're thinking he's actually sabotaging us. But they ended up losing 20-0. They had seven (laughs) players on the field. They were Um, 16-0 down at halftime. So they had a decent second half. They did. They they rallied. um, (laughs) If it was like an ice hockey game and you had a third third quarter, they might have even scored. Well, and that's the thing. Or hit the lead. Effectively, the story, and Fabian, pull me up if I get it wrong. I like the old segment we used to do where I would recap or recount stories you told me and you'd correct me. Fabian, a big fan of watching all things Italian football. He's unearthed a gem at Genoa, by the way. Who was that? Formerly of Genoa. Formerly of Genoa. Christoph Piatek. Yep. Because he watches Serie A, so he's a scout. Anyway. Did I send you some empirical evidence of uh, said scouting? It was flaky. I said Christoph Piatek is a gun. When Tottenham, when Harry Kane had gone down, I said to the lads on the on the the text chat room that we've got going, I said, this is on the 18th of January, I said, Tottenham should be looking in at loaning someone like Christoph Piatek from Genoa. Young they gun, didn't. goal-scoring machine, the next... Bowie to them. He's the next um, uh, Robert Lewandowski, right? Oh, that's a big call. And since then, Chelsea have obviously acquired Iguain. Yes. Milan, to replace Iguain, have gone to Genoa and got Christoph Piatek. How's he going? Four games, four goals. So Are they all in the one game? Four games, four goals. So, game so you're saying, flaky, my ass. <laughs> so, um, well, shout out to Christoph. But uh, basically, uh, Pro Piacenza are in uh, financial insolvency. I think, yeah. have they been wound up? They um, effectively couldn't pay their players, and the players refused to travel to the game. Yeah. So they wanted to field a team, so they avoided further sanction. They did so haphazardly, clearly, with the Masua. And they lost 20-0. The um, governing body, what the governing body called in Italy? The Federazione Italiana Gioco Calcio, therefore GC. I like how he's asking with the inflection of, do you know? Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'll just take your word for it. Yeah. And the Federazione, yeah, it is. Effectively, it is. It's they've, on the, they've it's basically on the said, not on Pro Priacenza, you are fucked. 
and we're just going to disband <laughs> you. We've had enough of your shit. Mm. He was like Fabian on uh, Saturday night with Harvey. I've had enough of your shit. <laughs> Harvey had a bad night, did he? He wasn't too bad. He just kept coming, getting out of bed. Yeah, okay. But that, I didn't say, Harvey, I've had enough. <laughs> he was thinking it. You could see it in his eyes. So, yeah, basically they're done for. They're donezo. Yep. They wound them up. They're finished. And uh, that'll be the last we see of them, uh, unless they do a Rangers, maybe, and come Red back. Bull. Red Bull end up buying them. Or City, yeah, or right, city Football Group. Where, where are they? Where, where is, is it? Is the city called Piacenza? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they'll be Red Bull Piacenza. There used to be another Piacenza team that actually played in Serie A. Once again. I don't think it's the same team. You're asking me as if I know. You love Serie A, sure. The only thing I love about Serie A is that the referees wear pink. I love that you just can't pronounce Serie A. Serie A. Juve. <laughs> um, we're going to move on now to a bit of basketball. My favourite weekend of the year. I know it's all your favourite weekend. Tepid defenceless play. If that's your go, chuck on the All-Star game. Jesus Christ. What is the point of this? Okay. It's like Bohemian Rhapsody. It was a bit of fun. The dunk it's contest, not fun, though. What's the dunk fun about this it? this year wasn't, to my liking, it wasn't very... Sean's of the opinion all the dunks have been taken. All the dunks so. have been done. Well, I, I don't disagree. I mean, where, where can you take it to? I think Dunks are like fireworks. I think we've accomplished everything we can with fireworks. Yes. You, know, you see a fireworks display and you're like, yeah, it's good. Did mm. you see Aaron Gordon two years ago? Mate, you keep talking about this. It was phenomenal. Boy. And he lost. <sighs> and, and who beat him? Was Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Yeah. Who at the time, I, I was so gutted. Because, the Maroon 5 guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was so gutted at the time because Aaron Gordon was so good. And Zach Levine obviously plays for the Bulls now. And I'm did he? Was it over a car or something? Was that what he did? Zach Levine. He's someone no, dunked Gordon over a car or something. No, he had a mascot. Um, Would be better if he jumped dressed as a dragon on a um, Segway. Segway, rotating. He jumped over him, uh, ca- caught the ball, put it through his legs, and dunked it. See, I don't mind the fun. <laughs> Not good enough to win. See, no, I- they went on with perfect scores. And then they had to just, it was... Um, Did Blake Griffin jump over the car? Improv. Oh, maybe. In an earlier year or One something. One of them, um, I know old Big Shoulders, uh, Dwight Howard might have done that in the Superman cape. Yeah, he did the one where he put the Superman thing almost at the top of the backboard. I don't he? mind the props, but they're using them too much. Some guy dressed up as an aviator and had some... I get it. Balsa would model of a freaking plane, yeah, the, Wright the Wright Brothers and all. Brothers, yeah. I get it, because he's getting airtime. And they're in oh. Charlotte. All right, so yeah, we we get why, but it was just like all right, a bit, it was a bit too gimmicky. Yeah. And then you're bringing out all these people. It's not One much guy, of a... the winner, eventually, uh, no, not the winner, the guy from New York, I think, Dennis dunked, Smith Junior. Dunked over Shaq. No, no, no. The winner dunked over. The Shaq. winner dunked over Shaq. It's not the much other of guy a venue, dunked is it? over some bloke, and he was wearing his jersey or something like that. Was yeah, he? he's a rapper called um, Two called, Chains. No, <laughs> little <Lil> Two Chains. <laughs> Meek <laughs> Mill. <laughs> Meek had been given permission to leave the state of uh, Pennsylvania for the night. Speaking of Meek Mill, Meek Mill gave a a, a necklace to, <laughs> so this uh, is to a Robert Kraft that says championship. And Robert Kraft was at the NBA All-Star Weekend rocking this blinged-ass gold um, diamond-encrusted chain. Yeah, it's not so, a good look. Yeah, not a good look. Not like, a good look. Oh, I stag- How much would that have cost? A couple of hundred Gs? Where is Meek Mill getting this money? He's a rapper. Jeez, I love how that just explains everything. <laughs> Why is he so wet? He's a rapper. He's a Why rapper. is he so wealthy? He's, he's a rapper. Connected. I've never he's heard one rapper. of his songs, but he's a rapper. We oh, we've discussed this before. There's the whole celebrity, American celebrity now. Back in the day, if you That's were royalty, if you were an American celebrity, you were a celebrity all over the world. Yep, you were big. You were a movie star. You're big on this with Cardi B. 
right? And now oh, Cardi B is a nothing person. I've but never she's heard of her. Huge I don't even know who she is. She's freaking huge. I There's three hundred million people over there. So I you know, mean, you know, my favorite thing is when somebody says like with a Cardi B or whoever you know, whoever it might be of that ilk, and they're like, they call her like Queen, and oh, Cardi B said something, and therefore it's oh, it's like philosophy. It's like um, it's like. Uh, <laughs> Socrates. <laughs> oh, it's like Socrates, and I've just drawn a blank on a um, Dorian Gray. Nicki Minaj. Uh, what was his name? Franz Kafka. No, do, do, who, the, who wrote Dorian Gray? Portrait of Dorian know. Gray. Very, very famous. Um, Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde. And you read these great, like Ralph Waldo Sasha Emerson. Gray's names taken from. Uh, it is. You read yeah. all these Ralph Waldo Emerson quotes and Oscar Wilde quotes, and you're like, oh, it's really clever. Now it's Cardi, Cardi B. Now it's Cardi B being like, "Ain't no man can handle me," and they're all like, "Fuck yes." Yeah. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Rosie the Riveter. You're like, fuck. <laughs> this generation doesn't know who Mark Twain is. Mark Twain's another great example. You're like, what oh, position did he play? Yeah. Because <laughs> who are you playing for? What he When's his album dropping? <laughs> he played for the Mavs. And it's like, you got all these these people who, you, you read their quotes, you go on like Good Quote or whatever, and you just go, oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's really clever and poignant, and it's really, it's really affecting. And now it's just shit. The amount of stuff. That these idiots say. But the All Star Game, yeah, who won? Oh, I didn't watch it. Oh, Team LeBron. The game. Team LeBron came back from about twenty odd down. So yep. what happened to East and West? So they've got rid of that, and this is what I love about it. Last two years, so the voting is still the same. So you still vote online for the All Stars, mm-hmm. and then the starters get selected, mm-hmm. and then so the top ten are the starters. Then you got reserves, I'll and then you. Adam Silver, who's the uh, commissioner. Yep. Threw in Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade, who were both on their farewell oh, Like legacy uh, appointments. They're both retiring, so they said they're also going in. So then the two top vote-getters, who were LeBron James and Giannis Attentacumpo from the Milwaukee Bucks, basically sat in a room. This one, this year was televised live. It was brilliant, and it's a draft. So See, that's, okay, perfect segue. It's on the run sheet. I'm not going to claim this, but I was talking about this today, yesterday, maybe the day before. It was this week. <laughs> With someone, um, uh, just by the by, my daily conversations, and I said, AFLX should have done the old fucking put up a fake rebound wall or whatever and do the old pick the teams off the rebound wall. And the captains stand there and go, I need to pick however many players. Put a clock on it, like clearly, and make it be real quick. Because at school, like have it be that. At school, you've got... Two minutes to pick the team. Yep. Yeah, because you've only got 50 minutes for lunch. 50 minutes for lunch. So you're sitting there going, oh, yeah, I'll take him. Yeah, I'll take Tim. Yeah, I'll take him. And just have it be a bit of fun. Have it be as madcap as you want. Have it be super stupid and just be like you go to the game. Because I don't know about you guys, but ever since the AFLX was launched, I've been all about the rampage. Just all about it. I've got the logo tattooed on my buttocks. I'm really looking forward to Friday night. But have it be, you sit there going, you know, Jack Rewalt's the captain, you know, Nat Fight's the captain, etc. I don't know what the teams are. Yeah. I know that there are 50 players in the pool. I don't know who the, what the what the teams are going to look like. Do you care about it? No. What's the only thing about AFLX that you care about? It's Our players not getting injured. Spot on. I was going to say, I don't, I don't, mind, Spot the, on. I don't mind the fact that it's football. Yeah, I can sort of like like Something to watch. Yeah. I just like Crips and it. Fisher don't get injured. I but just I I just don't we have a third bloke in there? Nope. Nope. No, I don't think so. But anyway, no, no, I, I like the idea of just saying it's going to be open it up, open slather. We don't know what the teams are. We're going to have a bit of fun. Yeah, going to pick the teams on the night. These are our players. The, I, I think they should pick it on the night. That yeah, yeah. that to me that, oh, that know, that's uh, what would make it. You know, because would, there's no. You know what would happen though. Dead set, there'd be someone there going, oh, but someone gets picked last. Oh, who's getting oh, picked yeah, last? There'd true. be some that's bullying true. angle. Yeah. It's like harden mm. the fuck up. Yeah. Just deal with it. Well, that was James Harden this year because he kept Ernie 
Sigley? From, from uh, <laughs> Ernie Sigley. <laughs> no, no, Ernie, um, oh, I've drawn a blank, from TNT. He's basically having to remind LeBron and Giannis. James Harden's still on the board. Like, you know, does anyone want to want to take him? And I think last year they <laughs> like avoided a, the live telecast <laughs> because they didn't want to say who went first, who went second, blah, blah, blah. But LeBron's revealed that two years in a row now he's taken KD at one. It's like Field of Dream style. So like they're probably sitting there going, Ty Cobb, because none of us, none of us could stand <laughs> could the bastard stand when he was the alive. Yeah. But when you looked at the teams they selected, LeBron's looked far superior. Well, it proved ultimately superior and, in the um, 178 to 164 win. But um, fuck, there was even a trade. I loved it. Everything about it. So they picked the starters first, then they went from a pool of reserves. They each chose a a veteran, and then there was a trade. Ben Simmons got traded, and Russell, Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons did Russell. the old Russell <laughs> switcheroo. It was um, I liked it. I like it. I love everything about. All-Star Weekend. It's a bit of fun. On it celebrates the sport. On, on the and now we move forward with the, the business end of the season. The only thing that I like about the All-Star Weekend is the skills challenge. I like the fundamental nature of the skills challenge. It's like all well, the three-point shootout. You're like, yeah, did, cool. Did you see, did like, you see yeah, the fun. skills challenge this year? Yeah, I saw bits of it. Did you see the, the final? No, I didn't see that. And obviously, just the way that they do it, they they have to go in and out of the like dogs at the. They got to do the chicanes. It's like a dog show. Yeah, it's like and a dog yeah, show. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And then they throw it through the ring, and they go grab another ball, and they bounce down the the court. They got to do a layup. Yep. And then you get your own rebound, and then you gotta go back down the court again, and you got to shoot a three to win. So obviously, if the dude you're up against either you miss the pass and you're behind the other guy, your only chance of winning is either he misses the three. Or you take a shot from half court and hope it goes in. Mm. And in the final, Trey Young's playing Jason Tatum. Yep. Trey Young gets in front, pulls up for the three pointer. The ball's going in, but Tatum's gone a hail mary from halfway and nailed it. And Crazy. It was, it was awesome. But the other bloke was going to put it in, and he's been beaten. So it was. Um, it was he's good. Been, to watch. He's been made to pay for his Trae complacency. Young was the pick? It was pick five. Pick five was at Dallas, but Dallas Correct. gave up. And pick then they five traded and, that and future and the next picks year first rounder for Luka Doncic, who went a pick three. Yeah, that's what I also like about the NBA draft that you can players who have been selected can find them can be traded. Else. So yeah. you can pick someone to pick three, and then I get to pick five, and I say I want him. I'm taking him. You can have my pick five, and yeah. my, my cousin future. got drafted and traded on draft day. Shout out to Rachel. Shout out to Rachel Jerry. So she got drafted by the Atlanta Dream, and then got traded. To Minnesota Lynx. Do women's teams just have? Is it is it that all the good names are taken? Yeah, spot on. Or is it just that they they're obviously newer teams, so we haven't had time to? No, look at the BBL. All the good names are taken. That's why the BBL sides have got shit names like the Renegades, the Tulsa Shock. Yeah, the Tulsa Shock's not great. Seattle, what are New York? Seattle Storm's good. The New York Liberty. Liberty. I don't mind. Which the New I don't York mind Liberty. that because it, there's a bit to represent. It sounds like it. more of a Pennsylvania type team though. Yeah, yeah. a Liberty. Sorry, Fabian's just taking another swig of his piss <laughs> in right. the background. It looks terrible. Um, um, can I talk? Can I talk golf for a sec? Oh fuck! If you I, have I don't to. know. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't know if this quickly because sto- we've got fifteen minutes to go. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you if you <laughs> this story came across your desk during the week or not, Sean. But mm. Matt Kuchar, who I did best see this top ten yeah. player in the world. Yeah. It's decent. E- evidently, he hasn't won. He or he hadn't won a tournament for four years. You know, so where I heard this story. <laughs> Tim sent it to us. That's where I Is heard that it. What I, oh, did yeah. I send it to you? Yeah. Good. Well, anyway, listeners will be interested. Yeah. Well, but no, there's development Probably on the end of it. <laughs> so basically, um, 
He goes to the Mexico Open. Excellent. His caddy's unavailable. Has a burrito, gets so the he, runs. So he needs to get a caddy for the tournament. So he approaches some fellow by the name of David Ortiz, who... What, th- Big Puppy? No, it's not Big Puppy. That's what I thought when I heard it. He was just on the, he was just on the course. I don't know if... The, I'm assuming this guy must have been a member or, a, or, yeah. or whatever at, at the course. Anyway, he brings him in. Mm-hmm. He walks around with him. He wins the tournament. He wins $1.3 million. Wowza. Now, under the Good standard... Scratch. The, the standard agreement is you pay your caddy 10% of what you win. Shit. So basically, Big Puppy is owed... Um, 130 k 130 grand but he's also not a caddy he's nah. not trained to do this yeah. sort of stuff so he hasn't told him what club to select yeah well it, and that's the thing he's not obligated <laughs> to pay him, uh, like a caddy because he's not a caddy yeah he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, i think a, uh was it a set of five iron or four iron it's, it goes it's you know it's downhill he goes yeah and sloping right he goes nah it's only that way because you've got one shoe on no i'm talking about <laughs> shoot him a gavin <laughs> Shoot him a Gavin when he goes to his caddy. He goes, uh, he goes, what do you reckon? He goes, oh, I like a four iron. He goes, give me the wedge, and he chips it in. And, like it goes in. He goes, oh, you're fired. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> but I love the one where he's gone. Where Happy goes, yeah, slightly downhill, and the guy goes, yeah. The guy looks like Sean a bit. Yeah, he does. He's sloping right. He's in a lot of his seems that way because you've got one short. <laughs> so what's the res- resolution here, Timbo? So, so he ultimately, he paid him five grand. Yeah. I thought um, he paid seventy k. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Have I ruined so, it. So he paid him five grand, and afterwards, this guy's finally turned around and gone. Oh, I'm happy to get five grand, but if I possibly should have gotten one hundred and thirty grand, I've been stiffed here. And he's kind of gone to the media. He's, he's made an issue of it, and so in the end, he's gone on a current be, affair. Yeah, because of the the bad press that Matt Kuchar got, he ultimately agreed to pay him fifty grand US, which converts loosely to about seventy k okay. Australian. So in the end, good story in Fucking the end. Probably rate. shouldn't have... I mean, if you won 1.3 million, you can probably share it to the only other bloke that's walked every step with you along the way. So, Not um, if he's contributed nothing, but you know, he's just held the bag. He doesn't even really do that. Would he, he put an would, Anzac... Would he have won without him? I think that's the question. Yeah. Did he put an Anzac biscuit down as the, uh, <laughs> as the mark? Happy <laughs> 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 Gormal. So anyway, I, I just thought movie. it was a really good story and it was and it was one of the old, you know, the little guy has a victory along the way. So I... It was a good story. Son of a bitch, Paul. Why don't you just go home? <laughs> you took good for you your home. Good for your home. Um, People who say I've never seen Happy Gilmore need to get themselves checked, without doubt. Yeah, like one, it's, one, it's, of, one of the great, that's simple, the f- fun, yeah. easy movies. Yeah, that's the first time I was ever exposed to uh, Subway as a brand. There you go. I didn't yeah. know what Subway was. Yep. I didn't even know if it existed here. To has, be honest, Subway have more restaurants. Worldwide, this shocked the shit out of me. The McDonald's. The McDonald's. Yeah, well, there are little holes in the wall, though, aren't they? They take up well, less space. Be, yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got two seconds to talk about uh, Antonio Brown. No, I just thought I'd raise it. He's, he's wanting to be called Mr. Big Chest. Legally? Like no, 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 no. Not, not, not a Chad Ocho Cinco type setup. Yeah, okay. Or Whiskers. Or Whiskers. But um, <laughs> he no longer wants to be called AB. Okay. He wants to be called Mr. Big Chest. Well, this Mr. Would be Big like, Chess can still come to the San Francisco 49ers if he wants to. This would be like Puff Daddy, to. though, won't it? This would be like Puff Daddy in that he was Puff Daddy, then he was P. Diddy, P. Diddy then he was Sean Coombs, then he's Puff Daddy, then he's just, something else. Just Diddy. He's just Diddy, Diddy now. Diddy, Diddy now. Diddy. It's like, Jesus yeah. Christ, mate. I thought he was Beyonce's wife. Uh, husband. That's Jay-Z. <laughs> was that's, that Jay-Z? Yeah. That's, that's, um, know your yeah. rappers, mate. Oh. That's uh, Mr. Carter. Cardi B? Yes. Cardi B's another person. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and she's a female. <laughs> I know that too. Okay. Uh, Timbo, this is your time to shine. You've stolen my segment. The Top B- 10. Oh, well, we were going to talk... We were very quickly going right. to touch on BBL final. That's all right. I'll be doing Sean's quiz. Yeah. So I... I, I stop it. I'm, 
so I'm sitting there with Torrin watching. We barrack for the stars at home, so we're we're, we we're watching. We, we didn't. No see one them. fucking barracks for anyone in the BBL. Well, we follow them. Season one, I think everybody chose a team. I yep. chose no one, and I went. I went with the Renegades. I went with the Renegades season one, and yeah. I've, I've never really followed it. But. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So anyway, it comes around. Renegades have a hit. They clearly don't make enough runs. They only make 141 or five or something. Well like placed. That. Um, and uh, and. Stars have an opening combination. They get out to about 90, untouched. They they need, the I think they needed 52 or 42. Yeah, perfect. And it is over. Torrin jumps in the bath, dicking around in there, takes too long, and in two overs they lose two for six. And just because I wanted him to get out and they were making too much noise and all that sort of stuff, I've gone, Torrin, you better get out. You know, uh, Stars are... Capitulating here, yeah. they're in trouble. They might not win. Torrin took, took a puff you, on his uh, on his you're cigar. Full of shit. <laughs> he took a puff on his cigar. And said you're laughing. And, and Torrin was gone. He was in the bath catch. like Biff. <laughs> Another catch. He's out. And I said, Mate, crazy you're old, out here. crazy you're old. Was it crazy old night scientist? Goes told me the stars are going to lose. Well, exactly. And then the long you heard him, girls. <laughs> and the longer Party's it went, over. you just sort of thought, this is they're not going to win. And and you just sort of thought, this is dumb wickets. Well, oh. I, I've just ne- I have never seen a, a team not um, like respond and no adapt one wa- to no their one, situation. No one wanted the responsibility. Well, and they were happy to play the big shot and and do the sexy I, stuff and go. Well, we'll get there anyway because it's yeah. easy. And I forgive probably pretty much the only stars batsman who, given their dismissal, who I'm like uh, it was probably Stoinis. They're yep. none for ninety. As and you said, they need 50 off 40. And he kind of thought, I've done my job. And he's sort of sitting there going, oh, I'll go for the sweep. It's yep. gone through the gate. He's bowled. Yeah, yep. I, I can sort of understand him going, ah, you know, whatever. Yep. But what came next? Hanscom, inexcusable. Two yep. balls yep. out, cheap. Um, I don't know if it was Dunk next. Dunk, obviously, made 50. He played well. But Boyce's last delivery yeah. of the match. Yeah. And he just plays a lazy shot. Yep. And he's sitting there going, mate. And then Maxwell comes in, is dropped. Yes. And then goes yep. out about four balls later. What, makes one off six. Maddinson comes in. He's been in the worst form of his life. They may as well have put me in. And he goes out for nothing. Yep. Then On uh, a horrible shot oh, where he sort of did the flick around the corner. Awful. Like he had to, he either had to belt it, which yep. is what he lined up to do, and then he's just taken all the pace off it and just hit it straight up in the air. And you know, it's like, Seb really? Gotch comes in, similarly sort of situation there. Doesn't doesn't quite fire up. Except for the fact that he's dead. If Hansi Cronier was playing, you would say, Jesus, this result has been it's fixed. Got dark. Like in hindsight, you're going from where, where they were, you can't lose. I can't remember you, what it was. In the end, was. you've gone, somebody's gotten a hold of this guy. I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of weird comedy show. I don't know if it was full frontal or something. And um, they had a thing where somebody had released the Hansi Cronier edition of Test Match with the scorecards already filled in. <laughs> you open it up out of the box. Poor Hansi. But um, yeah, like just, just lazy. Dumb, irresponsible cricket, yep, and yep. it was. You sit there and go, "You've actually frittered it away," which leads us to the Tim, greatest chokes of all Tim's time. Tim's top ten greatest chokes of all time. All right, so I. This was after we'd rallied earlier about underrated being better than overrated, and whatnot. we're going straight for the jugular. Well, I, I I originally thought watching it, I thought that is the biggest choke I've ever seen. So I was going to put the stars number one. Upon reflection, however, upon reflection. They've progressively been shifted out of the top ten as I continue. They're not even to put, in the ten anymore. They're not even oh, in the top wow. ten. I'm not allowing you to do a honourable mentions. No, fuck you. I'm doing. I'm doing quick honourable mentions. Moving on. First honourable mention: Dennis Connor. Dennis, never heard of him. Never heard Stop of him. Stop it. Dennis Connor was the um, Jimmy Connors. He was the captain of. Um, 
What did they call it? We you don't know who he is, Tim. I've never heard of this Liberty. Man. Oh, the New York Liberty? Correct. So he As was the, no, the women's basketball oh. team. He was the captain of Liberty, who was up against Australia too in the 983 oh, America's mate, Cup. Mate, we had the fucking wingtip keel. He was never going to beat it. But they were up 3-1. They the were up 3-1. Keel. He only had to win one. Of, like, we're the, we're the wing keel when we lost the three of the first four, four races. And then all he had to do was win one of his last three. And he managed to lose three straight races to lose the the event that no US team had ever lost. So, choker. Moving on, Ben Lexon. This you've spoken too much about an honourable mention. You're doing a show. 1997 Western Bulldogs preliminary final. Sorry, are these still honourable mentions? Honourable mention. Tony Modger does his knee in the first quarter. Yeah, we all know it. The dogs kick eight goals in the second quarter. They lead by 31 points. At three-quarter time, they're still 22 points in front. I know I said, like like we said, we had some mic issues last week. We're all We're going to be louder now, have we? Now it sounds like you're at the fucking Hungry Jack's (laughs) drive-thru. I'm getting excited. (laughs) You take a big snacks. You take a... Why do Hungry Jacks relay what you're telling them over a microphone? I don't know. Like, we I just want to be McDonald's certain. And go, I have a Big Mac. Shit out and go, Big Mac. <laughs> it's not right. It's, it's, it's part of the, the gravitas of it all, I think. I don't so. think they do it anymore. But remember when Hungry they Jacks, to. they used to be the only restaurant chain where, like you've just alluded to there, like you'd order something and then they'd relay it to the monk, like the idiots in the back. Is he listening? No, but I mean the sense of, like, I'm just thinking out loud. Remember they... they well, just a second low from Adelaide. And then they had the... But they had the little silver mics. Yeah, with the red button yeah. on the top. And, yeah. for, and for some reason, you'll get this in the record, but it was like... Large waffle meal. <laughs> six <laughs> nuggets. He's done exactly... Did you just, did you I, just pass I've out for a minute, done that. I've even done the imitation. I did it before you. Anyway. <laughs> He's going to cut it edit and it. redo it. <laughs> So anyway, right back to where we were. Western Bulldogs, 22-point yep. lead, yep. goalless final quarter. Okay. Yep. And they go down by... Rowan Smith uh, punching the turf. Fuck two, em. two points. So in the end, uh, Adelaide kicked 8-10 in the second half to 3-7. That's enough to win it. 1970 Collingwood, yep. grand final. An honourable mention. That was honorable seven mention. goals up. Yeah, they were... Um, Handball. At, we, we, didn't, we didn't kick a goal in the first quarter. It was 10-13 to 4-5 at halftime. That's a bad start. Blues kicked eight straight in the third quarter. We're still down, though, by 17 points. Not enough, Pies guys. Pies kicked one goal in the final quarter. And um, so in the end, uh, the Pies had a 10-goal 13 first quarter. And finished with four goals, five. We kicked four, four. So our second half was as bad as their first half. Mm. But we finished off with 13 goals, four. Tail of two halves. Pies mm. in accuracy. Go the Mighty Blues. You know when you watch old grand finals, why are players trying to torp it from 30 metres out when they're going for goals? They, no kicked, idea. they no, didn't they... kick drop punts. So they kicked a flat punt, which didn't move it. It would actually, it would wobble, but it'd generally go quite and straight. I think, I think a large part of it as well was, as silly as it sounds, you should know you're close enough. But without the arcs... Well, that's true. The arcs are just there's very helpful. To line you up. Yeah. The arcs are just very helpful for a geography sense. Where am I? Where's yeah. my range? Are we in the top ten yet? Uh, we're very close. I, Jesus. I, oh, my, my last boat that got knocked out was John Starks, and John Starks played for the New York Knicks. And in the 1994 NBA Finals, in Game Six, where they lost to Houston, was oh, that the OJ game? No, no, no. So he's kicked. He's played. No, he's in like OJ Simpson was on the run. No, no, that was no, base, it's earlier. Than base, that. Baseball's on at the, the same baseball time. I'm pretty the, sure yeah. that the Knicks were playing that night. Well, he, they might have been. Maybe but it was a yeah, conference. It was something else. Something. Yeah. So basically, game six, he scored 27 points, eight assists. He's playing great basketball. Sounds like it. They go to the final game. He's the go-to man, and he proceeds to make two from 18 from mm. the field. Yeah, the cold hand. And they and they lose by six. Who's the Orlando Magic bloke who missed those free throws? Shaq. No, no, no. Yeah, he's in there. 
Oh, oh, He's sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so now we hit our top ten. Yeah. Um, very famous one, Yana Novotna, nineteen ninety three Wimbledon final versus Steffi Graf. Steffi. She's up four one in the third set. She's serving. She's at forty fifteen. She's up five one. No, no, she's up four one. I reckon. I reckon four no, one. And I reckon, she, she I reckon that stiff. I reckon four one. Like it's really, it's a break. I reckon she's, she's forty fifteen up. Potentially, she's it's a serving. break to serve. Well, in the end, she loses three straight points. She gets to a break point, and then she double faults. So it goes to four two, and then inclusive of that game, Steffi Graf wins five five games straight, and takes the final set six four. So um, opportunity lost. She had a bit of a cry at the end of it, but you know. She That's went on a, a bit of a streak of chokes, old Yana. Yeah, she did. Yep. She did. So number nine, we're going to go Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer is one of the greatest golfers of so all time. So we're in the top ten now. Yeah, so that's what I said. Top ten. Are you not listening like old mate over here, eh? <laughs> We've only got one pair of... <laughs> <laughs> 19, we're at the 1966 US Open. He's seven shots up with nine holes to play. Does Ben Hogan feature in this? No. no. And he even gets to five shots up with four holes to play. Uh, and then he ends up tied after 72 holes. In fairness, the fellow that he played, a bloke called Bill Casper, he scored 32 <laughs> on his back nine. That's pretty pretty good golf. Very good. You, know, that's, you, you do that twice, you're at 60. When, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, in those days, though, they had a, an 18-hole playoff was, oh, the yeah. next day. Not and bad. in that one, he was actually two shots up with eight holes to play, but old mate Casper is obviously a, a whiz on the back nine. Uh, and he ended up losing by four shots. But Shit. he gave up big lead. Not great. We move to the 1927 Wimbledon semi-final. Jesus, Sean. Jesus, Tim, make, the, make these quicker. Bill Tilden, ranked number two in the world, is up 6-2, 6-4, serving at 30 love. <laughs> He's two points from making it to the final. Old Bill's thinking about a visit to Buckingham <laughs> Palace that night. And needless to say, he gets done. Oh, um, by a bloke named um, Henri Cochet, who was number four in the world, and he actually goes on to win the tournament. Beautiful. Um, but, yeah, so he lost five games momentum. straight to lose the third set, and then he loses the fourth and the fifth, four, six, three, six. So he didn't get – it wasn't like six love, six love, but he got beaten. Number Nick seven. Anderson, number seven, Nick Anderson yeah. of the Orlando Magic. Sean, Magic are up 110 to 107 with 10.5 seconds to go. Plenty of time for things to go wrong. This is game one of the 1995 NBA final. He is at the free throw line. Against he has the Houston Rockets. Against the Houston Rockets. He has two free throws with 10.5 seconds to go mm-hmm. and a three-point lead. Mm-hmm. This is comfort zone. He misses both free throws. However, he hustles to get his own offensive rebound. Excellent. He goes to put up another shot. Is fouled. Excellent. He gets sent to the line again. And what does he do, Sean? I'm going to guess he makes one of the shots. They he win the misses game. both. Damn it. <laughs> and then in the ensuing possession, Rockets' Kenny Smith drains a three-pointer from the top of the key, sending the game into um, overtime, which the Rockets win on a Hakeem Olajuwon tip-in. Anderson's nickname is now Nick the Brick. <laughs> oh, dear. Shaq, in his Hall of Fame induction speech, yes. gives a shout-out to oh, old God. Nick Anderson, and he goes, I find it funny. That he's taking the piss. He goes, I find it fun that I'm taking the mickey out of a bad three throw. In other words, Shaq, Shaq's known for not being able to shoot free hack, throws at all. Hack a Shaq. Well, they hacked him because they'd send him to the line. To the line, he couldn't yeah. shoot. So, um, yeah. Move on. 
Excellent. Six. Number six, Chris Weber of the Michigan Wolverines. Jeez, Time out. Stiff. <laughs> 1993 NCAA double. Uh, I don't know NCAA if this is a choke or it's just not knowing the moment. I don't think this is a choke. That's what choking is, isn't it? It's it's failing under the pressure. So they're down by two points playing against um, North Carolina with 15 seconds to play and no timeouts. There's an inbound pass. They give it to him. He takes three steps without bouncing the ball. He's in front of his own bench too. Yeah, the referee doesn't call it, yep. which in the end was the first mistake. And I don't know whether he sort of real. He clearly wasn't switched on. Some bloke comes over to try and sort of you know um, take the ball off him. He panics. He calls a timeout. Now, obviously, not having a timeout, it ends up being a like a delay of game. Yep. He gets technical fouled. It's two free throws to and the position. opposition and possession, and basically any chance they had of winning at that point is now frittered away. And this is obviously the infamous Fab Five. Correct. Oh, what was that? Was it um, uh, Black Sox? Was that their thing? Yeah. 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 Uh, long pants, Black Sox. Yeah, and they kind of, sort of popularised. Yeah, they did. What, yeah. Even to this day, sort of. Well, Still. and it was the whole point that they were there was so much merchandise that yeah. was sold by the Fab Five, but obviously NCAA, you're you don't get anything. Do you they know, get any of the socks? They might be able to keep the black socks. That'd be about all. Um, he ends up going number one, or he ends up nominating for the draft. There's because, a famous booster for the Michigan yeah. Wolverines, and it's all and he was implicated in the, the table. Chris Webber thing, yeah. and that's yeah. why Chris Webber and Jalen Rose don't speak because. Yeah. Yeah, of issues coming back to that. So, so what happened to Weber? He went number one in the draft. He went number one in the draft the next year. So basically, he could have kept on playing. Did he have like a, what, he was, what kind of career did he have? Oh, he had a good play. He's an all star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he good. Could, I mean, he could play. He was a really good player. But he played for the Golden State Warriors before they were fashionable. Oh, when they had the shit house jersey. Yeah, yeah. All right, number five. We're going to keep it cl- uh, quick here because we've talked about this one before. But uh, Fabian's mate Pete Carroll. Where we all know oh, the story, yeah. 2015, 49, uh, 49th Super Bowl, 26 seconds I don't want to relive remaining. this shit anymore. Move the ball's on. on the Patriots' one-yard line. You've got the best goal line back in, in the game. How many Everyone, did they have a full set of downs? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, this was like, yeah. So basically, you got the best. Just say, just, Mate, just give it to him. They Quite. used so much luck. The play before it, Cam Chancellor, it was a kind of a miracle catch that actually gets him to the one-yard line. They were getting desperate. Oh, it wasn't Cam. He's a he's a he's a defender. You're talking. Um, I know the bike you're talking about. Probably Chancellor. I just no, it's not Cam Chancellor. Is a safety. Maybe there's another it's, Chancellor. You know the thing is, oh. like um, for for me anyway. You know, I, I'm obviously a, a bit of a coach of some repute at, at NFL level, uh, having just recently bought Madden, and even I and know the pass pass first offense. Even I know that on the one yard line, you, you go and run, run. Jermaine you know, Curse. Jermaine, that's right. It basically yeah, lands. You go and run. It was run. a circus catch. And especially, look, I said, once again, oh, you know, Fab, I don't know a lot about NFL. Well, right. you, should have, you should have admitted that three weeks ago. But well, I did while he was saying that the New England Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was fucking about 12 <laughs> months ago. But um, that they'd shut them down, they'd choke the offense. We're not talking video. NFL anymore. Move on. Nostra so shortest. ultimately, Pete, Pete Carroll's made the call to but not. Was it him, not, though? Wasn't it the well, offensive coordinator? Well, either way, he. I, Oh, the buck stops with him. No, what what play you run is from the offensive coordinator, but the head coach oh, is the saying... Oh, the head coach absolutely yeah. has to say... They're going to be linked up. They're going to be yeah. talking to one another. But yeah. by the same token, surely you sit there and go... Pete like, Carroll's yeah. gone, throw it. And the offensive coordinator's gone, you know, we spoke, we'll we, we spoke yeah. about it. The New England were probably sitting there going, they're giving it to Lynch. Yep. They're giving it to Lynch. Yep. It's beast and mode And they thought, we'll, we'll double bluff. 
Yep. And we'll throw it and maybe someone's open. And when it comes off, you go, we are dead set geniuses. Yeah, you sit there How and go. How good is that? And you sit there and go. And, 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 and you're going, for 20 years, we can sit back but, and we can drink our brandy and go, ha, ha, over the, we Over them. the back of the end zone in some clear air that yep. if it's not caught, it's fucking safe. Yep. But Belichick probably sat there. You know what? If that happens, if the pass comes off, Belichick probably sits there in the aftermath of it all and goes, everyone thought they were running. Yep. Everyone's defending the run. I, I, so, have, I have no issue with the call so oh. long as you're prepared to own it because it was. It was the double bluff. But at the end of the day... That pancake-eating motherfucker. Well, the bottom line is, if on the first, with 26 with, um, seconds to go and you've got, you're talking and about you've got timeouts... <laughs> All you got to do, all you got to do, is have a crack at it. If it doesn't come off, then go, then go to options B, C, or D thereafter. And the fact that he didn't do it when he had it right there in front of him, There's dumb, too clever ass. by half, too clever by <laughs> yeah, half, dumb ass, <laughs> bad call to go for a pass, horrible call for that play. Yep, the pass had to be at the back of the end zone. It was the wrong pass, the wrong call, yeah. wrong everything. Just but having said that, in a weird, in a perverse kind of way, it's actually not that far away from coming off. But it was all Tom Brady. But it didn't. It was all Tom Brady. Anyway, needless to say, intercepted All by time. Malcolm Butler. Patriots win 28 to 24. Number four. All time, Brady. Greg Norman. 1986, mm, geez, how, 1996 this, US Masters. How this isn't nailed on at number one, I'm not well, sure. Well, you, you will get there. Course record 63 in the first round. He took a six shot lead in the final round. Was he wearing clothes? Or was and he, he like he that, was, that, that he uh, was. portrait he had taken? Remember, he was just holding a golf club. <laughs> so uh, five bogeys, two double bogeys. Wow. He scores a 78, while Nick Feldo scores a 67. So, in fairness, Feldo's played well. But yeah, obviously, yeah. if you've scored a 63, all you need to do is score a 73 and you're at least drawing it. He scores 78. He, just, he didn't, and you, you'll be able to, obviously... Um, the, the reality, he still finished second. You, you'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that um, the, the great white shark, of course, as we all know and love him, um, he, a little bit like a Colin McRae type in the rally. The rally. You just thought that he's not really listening to the guy that's there to help him. Sometimes you, thought, you, got, the, you got the feeling that Shark's attitude was... Oh, let's fucking blast our way out of this. Yeah. When Finesse, Have you heard him interviewed about it? Finesse wasn't his go. Have you heard him interviewed about it? No. He said he was finishing his third round and he said, my swing was gone. He said, I was, it was horrible and I held it together and I limped over the line at the end of the third round. But he said, I knew well, that's not good. my swing was fucked. And he was there and he warmed up on the day and he was sort of trying to find the groove. And the whole time while he was playing this final round, he said, I was, I was just trying to... I was just trying to find mm. my mojo. He said it just it wasn't there from day one. I'm a little and bit nervous for the shark. I think he's got <coughs> another entry coming. No, he doesn't. Oh, what? Well, the other ones, he had other people dominated. Didn't the guy, oh, the guy did sink a 700 metre putt. Yeah, didn't, exactly didn't he right. put Some it in from the fucking in, tee? Put it, well, one bloke put it in from the bunker. Wrap us up, Tim. Come on, mate. Number three, 2016 Golden State Warriors. Yes. They've got a 73 and 9 record for the season, Sean. I'm aware They're of leading 3 and 1 after the first four games of the series versus Cavaliers. I'm aware of They've it. got two more home games to come if they need it. They proceed to lose three straight, including the two at home. They had a 39 and 2 home and away, home and away record at home um, approaching the end of the season, and they lost two of their last five home games. Um, one to Boston and another one to Minnesota in overtime, but they were dead rubbers, so no one really cares. Through the playoffs, they're eleven and one at home. Like they just, they basically, they do not think, lose at home. Was it Game Seven? And and you can obviously correct me if I'm wrong. If I got my years, I think I'm right. That LeBron put that's one of the, the greatest the finals plays. Yeah. The big, of, the like, big against the glass, spot. absolutely yeah. iconic. Yep. 
Like legendary but, but, moments. But Steph Curry it's all for nothing cold, if Kyrie doesn't make doesn't no, no, make the Kyrie's shot. No, no, Kyrie's going to make the three. But yeah. f- oh, wow. But again, they still great had, game seven. Great game. Seven. Oh, look, one of the absolute greats. But the bottom line is, the better team didn't win. Like they they were the so Draymond much Green suspension suspension hurt hurt them. And basically, they all they had to do was take care of business, and they win. Loved it, and they didn't do TCB. it. TCB number three, unbelievably not the winner. Number two oh, is. Shit. Lance Klusner and oh, Alan Donald. I reckon you're very stiff on these like moments of like like. But this this is the thing. This is the is moment. This the dropping of the World Cup. No, that's no, uh, no, no. Herschel that was Gibbs. the previous game. So the yes. previous game was the last game of the like the home and away the season. Super Sixes. And basically, we needed to win to go through. War hits it to Gibbs. Gibbs yeah. goes to throw it in the air, but he fumbles it. So they basically so that, hasn't that's the reason the catch because Australia won that Super Six game. That's the reason why in the tie. We progressed. That's right. So in in this game, we get we get them. Where were we? They two thirteen or something. Yeah, they were nine for one hundred and ninety eight, chasing um, two fourteen. Yeah, so it was two thirteen. We made they were yeah. chasing two fourteen. Australia takes two wickets for two runs off the first four balls of the second last over, leaving South Africa not nine for one hundred and ninety eight, needing sixteen runs to win off eight balls. And at this point, you're going Australia's got this. Yeah. But Lance Klusner's in, and Lance Klusner's in the middle of one of the great World Cups. And this bloke, he was an all-rounder for South Africa, and when he hit the ball, he hit it as fucking hard as he could. So even if there were only marginal gaps, he'd hit the ball so hard, you couldn't field it. So anyway, he comes in. He's um, The last two balls of McGrath's over, he goes six and one. Mind you, the six, um, Paul Rifle goes to catch it on the boundary line. Just misses, comes off his fingers, goes over the line. Fucking so right. If he parried it back into play, I mean, he catches it, the game's over because yeah. they're nine far. Or if he parries it back nine into play, you're, you're defending. It's funny, it's like modern a cricket. Bit more. In modern cricket, he would have instinctively just paddled it in. Probably, yeah. exactly right. So, And that's just evolution of the game. So, anyway, they need um, they need nine off the last over. Damien Fleming's bowling. Klusner goes whack, whack, 4 4. And. They've got four balls to go. You hack they forward. need one run. This one is why run. We roll it down the pitch. Correct. So, but the first delivery. That was a Friday night. First delivery hits it. Um, so Klusner's on strike. Alan Donald's at the non-striker's end. Klusner hits it. Donald is back up. Goes to run. It goes straight to um, Gilchrist. No, no, no. Um, Who's the fat ex-coach? Oh, Lehman. Darren Lehman, and he yes. underarms it from six feet or six yards away. I think they said. Just misses if he hits Donald's out. He could have almost actually run in. Almost. Yeah. So Donald's a little bit jittery at this point, but still three balls to go, one run to make with the with the informed batsman in the world on strike. The next ball he hits it straight down the pitch, but doesn't really hit it cleanly. And Klusner just instinctively runs. Donald doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He mm. sort of half goes, half comes back, drops the bat, and then kind of does nothing. Mark Ward dives to save the ball that if it goes past him, the game's over. Um, saves it, flicks it to Fleming at the bowler's end when he had to go to the keeper's end, but fortunately two players South there. Africa <laughs> fucked it up so badly that in the end, at that stage, Fleming goes, I'm just rolling the ball. I'm not even going to try so, throwing it. Yeah, because if I try and throw it in the heat, I'll probably overthrow Gilchrist. So he rolls it to him. And, Which is actually good thinking. Well, in, in yeah. the moment, it was sensational. And then when you watch the video, Klusner's run... To the um, to the non-strikers end, and just kept going, 
because he knew he knew what had happened mm. and he just kept walking. He swung into the car. No, that, that was in South Africa, wasn't it? No, no that was in England. Was it uh, Lords? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just got in the car, drove home. And the best thing is, it was like Deion Sanders, like yeah. Deion Sanders at the combine. So just in the moment, an absolute of, incapability yeah, great of yeah. taking taking of care of business. How did that get pipped? A bit of fun though, just before you get. Uh, at the expense of rolling fab up, the uh, Cricket Australia are actually introducing a new thing where they're, they're going to, with the success of the retro one day kit this year, which was from the 80 something. I think I read this. Yeah, they've got two options to bring back retro kits. One of them's the 99 kit, which yep. they will wear next. I don't, know if they, don't think at the World Cup. The other Cup. one's what, 95 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's like early it? 90s. Yeah. Surely yeah. the 99 kit gets up. I, I think so. It has to. So anyway, we're down to number one, the Excellent. greatest choke in sports history. Some kind of journey to get here. If you're here. if you're familiar with with the story, we it can, is we can split this pot into two. It is Jean- the 1999 British Open, and it's Jean Vandeveld, okay. who is on the final hole at Carnoustie in Scotland. Yep, and he is old um, course. He is three shots clear. Oh. Now he tells a story afterwards that he actually thought he was only two shots clear. That would make sense. So anyway, it's off. It's par four. He takes driver. You're two shots in. You're, rather, you're three shots in front. You don't need to go driver. You go your two iron. You go straight down the middle. You, you play safe. Anyway, Jean Van Very Van windy. Very windy at the British Open. <laughs> well, he goes driver and he hits it so far right, Sean. It ends up in the middle of the seventeenth fairway. <laughs> so he's he's not just missed up the edge. He is. Thought missed. we were playing the seventeenth. <laughs> he is missed by a mile. Anyway, again, he's interviewed about this. At that point, he goes right. Um, the play is to just hit it back onto the fairway and, and there's the what they call the Barry Burn is a little creek that sits in front of the green. Mm-hmm. So they said all you gotta do is you've got to hit it back onto your fairway before the, the burn. So all you gotta do is just hit over with your third shot into the green. He goes, No, nah, I'm not doing that. He takes two eyes. He's fucking caddy when it was <laughs> exactly right. Where's David Ortiz when you're Where need is him? Big Puppy? <laughs> so shot two. There was some dispute it, about caddy fees. Yeah. So <laughs> correct. So he takes two iron at that point and he goes for the green. He overshoots the green, it goes into the grandstand. If it had have stayed in the grandstand, the rule is he could have taken a free drop next to it, which oh, would no. have been magnificent. But it ricochets off the grandstand. It goes into the burn, which oh. you go, disaster, bounces off the rocks. It's like a mini out golf. Out of the burn, it's and like you go, you beauty. But then it lands in really long grass. It's like a mini golf hole. It's exactly right. So he's in the long grass. And it's like it, that scene from Happy Gilmore where everyone's like following, yeah, yeah. following the ball. <laughs> so went, donk, Left. Donk, donk. Ding. So then he goes, uh, he takes, finally takes the wedge. He's going to try and get out of the long grass, over the burn, onto the green. Still his third shot. Still got you know, it's shots not going up well. his sleeve. It's not, it's not great. But if he gets out, this is the shot. If he gets out of this shot, you're okay. He puts it straight into the drink. This is the shot where you're sitting there thinking, in the post-match interview, what was his name? Jean Vandervelde. Jean, Jean Valjean. Jean, Jean, you really made it difficult for yourself there on the 18th, but you can laugh about it now. <laughs> and it's like, here's the, the claret jug. The best thing he does then, the ball's in the creek. He gets into the creek. He takes his shoes and socks off. He gets into the creek. Oh, fuck. He's lining up. He's going to play this shot. Off the water. In the water, and then he finally goes, no, this isn't a good idea. So he goes, no, I'll take my drop. So that's his fourth shot. Fifth shot, he takes his wedge. Still, He's still got shots up his sleeve at this point. Puts it straight in the bunker. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and he's in the bunker after five. I fucking swear that wasn't there earlier. <laughs> his sixth shot, he puts it within eight feet of the hole. So really good sand save. And then he puts it in from eight feet and takes a seven, takes a triple bogey. And it goes to a playoff. 
and it's a it's a three man playoff over four holes. But John Vanderveld is cooked by then. Cooked. Wet socks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wet socks. And and in the end, he he was up. I can't even remember who he played in the end. But in the end, oh, it, it was won by um, it was won by Paul Laurie. So um. Some people have luck. Remember Bubba Watson a few years back? Oh, he yeah. was in the trees and just yeah. whacked the shit out of it. But he it was said perfect. he always practiced trying to do big fades. Yeah, and trick I know, shots and but still, sort of Tim, and he just did the shit that he did when he was growing up. We so. all do that, and all you yeah. hear is tonk when it hits the when That's it hits exactly the tree. Right. All right, which moves us on to the quiz, which is primarily about chokers. Question one: shit. Given that we talked about the Western Bulldogs from the nineteen ninety seven AFL preliminary final. Who was the leading goal kicker on the ground in the 997 AFL preliminary final between Adelaide and Western Bulldogs? Who kicked the most goals that day? Did Fabian get it? No. He's got a bloke that kicked three. I've got a bloke that kicked six. Fuck me. I've got it, haven't I? (laughs) Sean Peter Budge has written in James Cook, ex-Carlton player, who kicked six for the Bulldogs in a losing side. Absolutely. Why are you getting excited that he's got one? <laughs> because no well, one's going to no. get James Cook. Uh, People fuck forget you. that James Cook I'm played for the Bulldogs. Is, I'm convinced this is contrived. I'm convinced. <laughs> That's 1 0, Sean. And fuck. Sean, I honestly. thrown away 14 years of friendship over this there, quiz. There was absolutely no way you were going to get that. So I am, I am just. I am flummoxed. Move on. Question two. Question two. What nationality is the 1999 British Open winning golfer Paul Laurie? I got on it, right? He is not Irish, but he is Scottish. So Fuck. Fabian gets one, a point. I'm back. Two. It was one of the two. Question three. True or false? Jana Novotna never won a Grand Slam singles championship. Fabian has gone true. Sean has gone false. The answer is false. Novotna did win. French Open? She won the 1998 Wimbledon title, oh. erasing the pain of the 1993. You're going to celebrate that? Sean got a point right. Celebrate it for him. Cheer him. Um, for what it's worth, did you know that Yana uh, Novotna died at the age of 49? I knew in she was dead. I knew she was dead. She had cancer and she, the, she never really announced it. Was she sort of, Czech? She was Czech. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah very sad. Yeah, so, very sad. Yep. I, I sort of read that and I was trying to work out whether I knew that or not. Um, my mate Chris Webber, playing for the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, played against the North Carolina um, basketball team. What are the North Carolina North Carolina men's college basketball team known as? They are the North Carolina what? They are the Tar Heels, and we've got a point to each. So thank you very much, boys. I thought that was a bit easy. That was very easy. I mentioned it on pod last week. The, well, there you go. Um, on the same topic, where was the 1993 NCAA men's basketball championship final game played? Oh, like the arena or the city? No, the arena. Oh, fuck. Well, fucking... I don't know. We, we love this place on pod. It's one of our favourite places. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> or at it? least I, I really like this question because I really like what the answer was. And I just happened to be reading Wikipedia about it all and I thought that was awesome. Good guess, but wrong. Fuck. You've thrown me with this. We've lo- we love this place on pod. Well, we've talked oh, about it. Before. Fuck off! Can I? Oh, I no. You've given us a tip, and it's like, um, I don't know. It's the Mercedes-Benz no. Superdome, isn't it? It's the Louisiana Superdome. Fuck. Is the answer. I, and I, I read that, and I thought 
Now that's a pod question. That's a fucking. So oh, I like that one. What question was that? That was question five. Can it I, is currently three two. Sean, can I get a? Can I get like half a point because I did get it right? Uh, no, no. Hold I'd on. Give you the greatest clue of all time. <laughs> give me half a point. Dome. No, but I got it right after you know. Question right, six. Anyone. True or false? Charles Barkley and Cindy Crawford share a birthday on this day, twentieth of February. Fucking true or false? Fabian's giving us an answer. They've both gone true. They are both correct. 4-3. Sean's way. 1999 World Cup semi-final between Australia and South Africa. Who was the man of the match? Jean Valjean. What was his name? (laughs) Sean Vanderveld. Um... Um, oh shit! Fucking cricket! I'm sick and tired of it. Um, give me that. Make it either Australian or South African. That'd be handy. Who was batting with Alan Donald? Who's that? That bloke? Lance Klusner. Wasn't Lance Klusner? Correct. Lance Klusner. Thirty-one off sixteen. He made. Fuck! It's good effort, mm. especially considering they only made two. And there was two dot balls to finish. Mark Wall. Went out for uh, a fourth ball duck, mm. caught off the gloves off Sean Pollock, who took five wickets. Oh, was it Sean Pollock? No, it wasn't. He took five for 36 off 9.2 overs. Stopped a certain boundary. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it, was an, it was an important play, but the man of the match with bowling figures of 10 overs, four maidens, four for 29, was Shane Keith Ward. <laughs> no, 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 Sean's no, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck you and these fucking cricket questions. <laughs> He's only, right. the, he's only the greatest. Let's go with general Super Bowl knowledge and Question then go with fucking eight. specific cricket knowledge. Question eight. Name the... <laughs> tossed it. Question eight. Name the two undefeated teams in AFLW 2019 thus far. Gives a fuck. <laughs> I think there's one that everybody will get. The second one, I reckon, is a decent question. And they've both got it right with yeah. North and Frio. Fabian is on four. Sean Peter Budge is on six. How many questions, questions to go? Two. Oh. Question nine. The group. What's one, Sean's mum's name? The group one lightning stakes, a 1,000-metre wait-for-age sprint, was held at Flemington on Saturday and was won by Sydney Mayor in her time. The name of the race has been altered recently to the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. How many lightning stakes did Black Caviar win? Fabian's got an answer. So does Sean. It's the same, and they're both right with three. Fuck that was that was that blind guess. She she, she could have won four in a row, didn't she? But did she? Was that a she dead won set? eleven, twelve, and thirteen? She pulled out one year, I think. And our final question was that a dead set blind Sean, guess from you? No, I heard I'm going to be brutally honest. I fucking I heard it on I the completely e- fucking guess. As you say, you're going to give her the. I heard it on the SCN three, maybe four. Heard it on the SCN coverage. Yeah. I was dead set. I was t- tossing up between. Genuinely, between zero, yep. like a trick question, yep. and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, the Sandown Classic, which is the week after the Melbourne Cup, um, is now called the Zipping Classic because Zipping won it four yeah. years in a row. So, and you're going, yep, good on you. This is the last question? Final question. That's bad news for Sean's your got an, um, an unassailable lead. Who is Hamadou Diallo? Um, 
And I'm asking the question because he was in the news this week and he is a sportsman. Who is Hamadou Diallo? <laughs> is that last word what I think it is? <laughs> yep. Fabian's got it. He's a skier from the FIS World Championship being played at RA in Sweden. Yes. No, he won the 2019 dunk contest at All-Star Weekend. Oh, fucking asking basketball question. You're asking, asking so basketball Sean wins 7-6. to six. I had a tiebreaker question, which oh, I really like. Oh, give, give, give it to us. Which was a nearest the pin. What which, colour is the which, test? Which Sean Vanderveld probably wouldn't be great at with when he was under pressure. How many deliveries did Scotland need to face to post a winning score after chasing Oman's total score in their one-day international held in Oman yesterday? Five. It's actually 20. Oh, I mean, eight. They got the opposition all out, right? So they've got a score. They made 24. They were, 10, they were 10 all out for 24. And Scotland were none for 26 after 20 deliveries. So 20 Fuck. balls. So if you, Some of those teams are getting a little bit better. Not a uh, no, As in like the... <laughs> so I've done Ireland research and, on the BBL final. I've got notes. I've got fuck the, it. You know what I did research on, which came to absolutely no value whatsoever. And you whatsoever. the 99 Cricket World Cup. Oh, fuck. You, know what, you know what dead set served me? I spent part of this, this afternoon <laughs> looking at trawling through the recap from the Laureus Sports Awards. Oh, right. If you, Novak Djokovic If won. you would have asked any question about the Laureus Sports Awards, I reckon I was okay. <laughs> And you didn't ask Maybe one. You got six right. That's good. In a ten quiz question, getting six right is. Are we good. over fucking cricket questions now? I mean, the only thing it's not better than is seven, which was the winning score. <laughs> Sean's tied it up, by the way. Fabian got out to a three-one lead in the quiz. Well, he did. He did come back three apiece. Well done, guys. It's I really enjoyed bullshit. that one. It's bullshit. Wrap us up. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good up until then. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next week uh, after a couple more games. None of us will see Carlton in action, so that's pointless, but we'll talk about what other people say. For Fabian Guadagnolo. Whatever. For <laughs> Tim Davis, master of the quiz. Always a pleasure. And for me, quiz winner, Sean Peter Mudge. Goodbye. It's fucking bollocks. It was good. There was a couple there that were always going
and watch your life.